Welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. We're back. I'm Jacob Birch. I'm back. Eric Steven, you're here. You're back. Baseball is back, I'm told. I've been not here, not around, not paying attention to baseball. Uh, I, I'm a dad now. You you ruined the surprise because I was I was going to tease that one of us was a new dad. <laughs> you, were, you were supposed to guess which one of it was, us it was. But I think since we mentioned it on the last podcast, so this, this was a distinct possibility. With you being the married one and with the pregnant wife, um, that uh, well, maybe that this is a sort of you. Ted Danson, Tom Selleck. That maybe we're Whoa. both. Two. We need. We need. We need a third. Steve Gutenberg needs to come by and join us. Two men and a baby. Uh, or I have and a to podcast. <laughs> and a oh, there it is. There it is. Boom. Um, but more importantly, we have a new podcast listener. Our numbers are going <laughs> to more important than my my daughter. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's that your daughter <laughs> is a podcast listener. <laughs> that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Yeah, uh, the, all, I was. That's in the show notes, and I. That's awfully presumptuous of you that she would. She would I'm listen ass, to this. I'm assuming you just play the podcast. I think like, even if I do that, her. she's skilled enough with her hands. She can cover her ears if she needed to. So, <laughs> yeah, she just like pushes whatever audio source away, <laughs> as far away as possible. Like, amazing. I love it. So yeah, we're going to talk about baseball. I like I said, I've been completely clued out. So Eric is going to clue me in, uh, clue you listeners in. I'm sure you all know way more than me, uh, but maybe there's some stuff you do know. We'll talk about that. We've got questions from Craig. I we might have a Dodgers rewind. I don't know. Uh, do we? Do we? We do. Yeah, we check. do. We do. <laughs> cool. Uh, that'll be great. We'll do that after this. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was on a family Zoom call about uh, yesterday, and uh, which is most at the we were doing these before you know since COVID started, um, but now they're just excuses for the family to look at the baby. And um, my uh, family asked, um, "Are you going to watch the Dodgers tonight?" <laughs> what? Huh? There's what baseball? <laughs> I, like I had vaguely heard that like there was a Yankees exhibition game, and it was there's this. Is it going to be in DC? But um, my life is right now sleeping, and I'm actually sleeping a good deal. Um, Melissa and I are doing shifts, so um, amount-wise, I'm sleeping fine. I'm sleeping in extremely weird hours, and then my waking hours are tend to the child or um, kind of decompress, and checking Twitter, not high on my list for decompression. So I'm really clueless, but I did, on DVR delay, watch the game yesterday. Um, I failed the Larry David test. I knew the score. Uh, so when um, Cody Bellinger was at bat with the bases loaded, I had an idea of where four of the nine runs were coming from. Um, so Oral and Joe have kind of clued me in a little bit. If they said it on the air yesterday, I, those are the facts I know. I know nothing else. And you need so, to help me. Uh, so yesterday was the first... Um the first game for the Dodgers. They had a bunch of intra-squad games. And um, so when you, I was trying to figure out, I, I didn't quite catch at first when you said you had the Zoom call. Because like they, the Dodgers were actually, uh, not all of them, but they televised, I want to say, like a week's worth of intra-squad games, which was fun and weird. But like, so there's also this, like spring training is very lax this year. Like, or I'm sorry, summer camp is what they're calling it. <laughs> And um, so they're, you know, now because it's so like rushed and, you know, the whole point is to get people ready and not necessarily like everyone is only playing a maximum of three exhibition games against other teams. So uh, last night you mentioned the Cody Bellinger Grand Slam. Um, uh, Widener, I forget his first name for the Diamondbacks, was the pitcher. He only faced five batters. He did not record an out. But he got up to – the rule is if you get over 25 pitches, the defensive team can just say innings over. And, like – and so he pitched – he got zero outs in the first inning. And that's and just exhibition, right? Oh, yeah. No, that, that, that was really – because it happened. I'm like, is this, like, a new post-COVID thing or is this exhibition? Is there really weird world changes for the real season? So That, that would that's be amazing. Good. So, well, the – so the also the other best part of that, the, the, it's funny how off track we are immediately. And, like, this has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> but, like, if you look in game day, like, it, you know, everything, like, on – like, I would say MLB.com and, like, they have – certain things are classified in, like, slots that were determined, like, years ago. So, like um, – you know, disabled list stints, um, different things. Like if you look at the transactions pages, they're all pretty like cookie cutter in terms of like this goes in different slots and it has to be like codified a certain way. So last night when <laughs> after the the five batter four run inning was over with no outs, um, it showed somehow Scott Alexander, who did not appear in last night's game, um, 
entered the game and got picked off three times. <laughs> so they should actually do that, and like that that would be amazing. So yeah, this is it's weird, man. Like like I don't you're you're going in kind of blind, but like I've been watching it, and I'm also kind of blind, like in a way, like it's so odd. Uh, so... Just everything. We have actual yeah. news to cover, but I have an important question. Do you know who is controlling the piped-in crowd sound? Um, I, it's not disclosed, <laughs> but I, I, I do know who's who's like doing it for the Dodgers. Every every team like has a person, and and it, it's like a setup. They, uh, it's basically like um, I, th- I don't, I don't know if it's MLB Two K. But it's a video game. It's, like it's uh, the, the show. It's the... I know where the sound okay. is coming from. Yeah, I, I, I noticed, and you know, I wasn't. There was probably a screaming child somewhere in my life, so sure. I wasn't perfectly hearing it. But to my ears, the Cody Bellinger home run, the cheers didn't really start until it w- went out. And to me, they need a more casual fan controlling this. I yeah. <laughs> those screams should have been immediate. <laughs> and again, should... maybe I'm wrong, but like, uh, well, that... there should. Yeah, there should ahead. be like a there should be a thing where um yeah like you you need the equivalent of like fans reacting to a any fly ball yes that, that, <laughs> that like that, there has to be like some element of that I'll I'll say this though um as for from what I know the the person that's um, controlling it is in the press box so maybe the vantage point is different there like I know as a kid like I've been in like the upper reserve and then mm-hmm. like see, seeing a a pop fly to second base. And throwing my arms in the air, going home run, like, you know, and like, sure, that's an extreme example, but like, yeah, the the vantage point's a little different. But like, you're right. Um, so they have some authority, like in terms of like, I, I don't, I don't think they're gonna like rock the boat, right? So like, I, I thought uh, Joe Posnanski on the podcast, I can't remember if it was him or Brandon McCarthy who said this, but I think they suggested that they someone <laughs> used the. Daryl, Daryl, <laughs> chant like just at random times, not even for someone named Daryl, you know, like that would be kind of funny. And like, so if they get creative, we'll see. But I, um, but also like, I don't, I also don't, they, they, the umpires union would freak out. Like they're not going to just all like, like imagine like a close, a close strike call that, that goes against your team and they, they uh, boo, you know, like that would, that would be, that would be hilarious if they did that. So, but, uh, but there was a little bit of that and that's actually where, yeah. cause um, Melissa was watching with me and I explained that they were piping in the noise and it was awkward on like big plays like it just the timing felt a little off or it didn't feel authentically dodger stadium especially but um on like strike calls i i, I never really fi- noticed how important the like little size or little cheers on strikes or balls really reflected my viewing of it so i i i it is an awkward decision it's a silly decision but i i think it's correct and that feels weird yeah and so they have a little bit of leeway i will say this also um, I'm, I, I didn't confirm this, but I think two different times during last night's game, they, they did a helicopter flyover and I'm, uh, there's no way like an actual helicopter flew over. So I think, <laughs> I think they just used the video game sound of a helicopter, which is like super weird, but I, like Oral and Joe were like, um, having fun with it or, or like the way like Joe described it, like, um, 
uh, you know, oh, we got a helicopter. You know, like it wasn't like <laughs> it's not something you would say. I guess you would say it if you see one, if it's like super low. But like the way he like said it made me think they were in. Uh, it was just fake, and I, I meant to ask on that, and I forgot. And so I, I'll try to find out that out before we record again. But yeah, like little things like that. I mean, look, it's gonna be weird. It, it's super weird. Um, so yeah, that that's that's sort of like perfectly um encapsulates what, what's going on right now. All right, so let's talk uh, actual baseball. What, wh- who, who's around? What are the new rules? What, what do I need to know to be able to watch opening okay. day, which is apparently soon? Yeah, uh, in three days Very soon. when we're recording. Um, <laughs> so we we last recorded four weeks ago, um, yeah. and so since then, uh, David Price uh, opted not to play this season. He said, you know, after careful consideration for the health of the of uh, myself and my family uh, decided not to play. You know, everyone if there is anyone of, who is considering yeah. shaming a baseball player for opting out, go okay. away and don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I will say, like, I saw a little bit of that because there's always just general uh, reaction sure. to that. But I was actually surprised how, like, relatively little there was of that. Like, That's, there I'm was g- some, very glad to hear that. Yes. Yeah, so, and, and like, uh, teammates supported him. The, the team was very quick in saying, look, we get it. Like, you, you know, fully supportive. Well, hey, wait can't wait to see it next till next you know next year all that stuff so it seems like everyone was on board there there's a number of players throughout baseball like buster posey's probably the biggest name uh and he uh he and his wife adopted twin girls and i believe uh he announced it like the day after they were born they were also they were born premature so he's gonna take care of them uh, this season so like you, how you can't like. Have Good a luck, board. jerk! Baseball fan hating yeah. on that guy. Yeah, well, and, and like <laughs> not, a few not people, just a, not just you know someone taking care of premature twins. Buster Posey, like the least one of the like him and Clayton Kershaw are like. How do you hate either of these guys? So yeah, at the very least, like Buster Posey, like among like he's a legend uh, uh, in giant circles, but also like revered by like yep. every other team, like pretty much like. And, and but okay, so you talked about like. Uh, sort of avoiding Twitter, you're smart to do that because I can't remember. I can't remember the person's name, but someone's like, "This is really like the the only thing you could say like is bad against Posey's legacy." It was like this really like <laughs> innocuous, passive aggressive tweet, and like he that guy got ripped to shreds, uh, like rightfully so because it was stupid. But yeah, like that was you know, I was I'm pretty happy to say that like there's a lot of positive support. For the there's probably like 15 players I think that have opted out roughly, um, and, and like very happy to see that 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 wasn't really a hitch, you know, because we're like we're like maybe a couple years removed, and even last year we saw some of this where even a player like missing a couple games just to be with for the birth of his child was like oh you're the worst teammate like why are you doing it like that that was like re- like a normal reaction like uh, just like the you know recently and just to see that shift in the last few years that's that's been like a real positive um yeah so obviously dodgers were counting on him their third starter um one who was like a wild card i went back and looked when we when we guessed opening day rosters in spring training both of us had jimmy nelson starting on the disabled list or injured list i'm sorry and he had back surgery on July 7th, so he's out for the season. Uh, he he only has a one-year contract, but he has the uh, he would have had a mutual option had he reached a certain number of milestones. But because he's not going to reach those, it's a club option, so he could be back next year. But we'll see. Um, so those are the two like players on the 40-man who like 
um, are out. They're okay. they're not going to be around. Um, they had uh, I think it was seven players report late, and the other here's the other weird thing about this. So like, um, if a player has um, you know test positive or um, interacts with someone with COVID nineteen, that falls under a non-employment related medical condition. And that's the kind of thing a team can't disclose without the player, like giving written consent as opposed to like every other injury you see, like in the, in a, like a, you know, so-and-so has a, uh, groin torn off his yeah, bone. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. So they'll, they'll share the hell out of that. Cause that's <laughs> employment related. And so, uh, so you get this weird, um, thing where nobody can say anything, but you kind of know why people are gone, you know, <laughs> like it, it's weird. So, so the two, two Dodgers we know that had it are Kenley Jansen and AJ Pollock both shared their stories. Um, uh, both of these were like, um, they, they tested positive, like before coming to camp and like, um, and then dealt with it. They quarantined, etc. Like Jansen, his son, uh, had a, a fever and they his they were concerned and so all the whole family got tested. Kenley and both sons had it. He said he was like he was good like within like four days, but like he quarantined, didn't do much for two weeks, and um, then had to be you know go through like the clearance process to get into camp. And um, with Pollock, it was the same thing. He actually got went through a little bit uh, a worse situation for him. He, he's I think. He had a, a rougher time with it, but he still like recovered in a couple within a couple weeks. He was he was fine, but also had to quarantine. But that's another thing with him, um, he and his wife had a daughter in March, and the the baby was born at 24 weeks, so like extremely premature. And the better part of like three months for Pollock, he and his wife were doing shifts at the hospital because the baby hadn't come home yet, so. Uh, Pollock would go for eight hours. She would go for eight hours and they'd visit the baby like that in shifts. And then he couldn't see his daughter the entire two weeks he was quarantined. So that had to be like gutting, right? Like, and so, um, and then also the fact that like he had to be separated from his wife during that time because she's still going to see the daughter. So this is a rough time all around. He, he was considering, um, opting out too. And like, on, and again, like, not that he needs a valid reason like that, but how, like, of course, right? Like yeah. if, if he was going to do that, like nobody would have thought otherwise. And, um, but his wife was like, look, you, um, you can't like watch them win the world series from the couch. Right. Like, and so she like kind of convinced him to go play and he's like, okay. Like, so, um, so that was, so he's back. Um, the other ones, um, who reported late, who we don't know exactly why, because the team hasn't disclosed it and like the players themselves, Gavin Lux was the only one who like addressed it because he was asked and he said why, why he was like, uh, Gavin Lux was about a week late to camp. And he said, um, that's personal information. I don't really, it's not really anybody's business. And so, which is fair, right? Like, so, um, the other people late were Tony Gonsolin who missed five workouts. Um, uh, Pedro Baez and Scott Alexander missed about 10 workouts uh, each. They reported on July 13th. Uh, Caber Ruiz um, just finally reported like this weekend. He was the last one on the 40-man roster. So 
Uh, we again, we don't know exactly why these people haven't reported. I will say this though: there's um, Los Angeles and Washington D.C. have like the, the strictest like uh, area guidelines, like L.A. County right now. That um, if you like test positive or are like around an infected person, you have to like quarantine for 14 days, and that's stricter than MLB policy. Like MLB, you just have to test negative like twice, 24 hours apart. And then they're, you know, pat get cleared by a doctor. And so, but in LA, like, so it kind of lends to the theory that uh, if, if these other missing players like were uh, either tested positive for COVID or were around people who did, the reason the, the length was so long is because of the, the stricter like LA guidelines. And it could be a situation like during the season where not that we want to like game, like talk about necessarily the system, like, Oh, the Dodgers are really hurt because they have to have their players quarantine for longer than the other team. That's like a gross way to like think about the sport, but it's just sort of a reality that they might have to be uh, facing harsher penalties for like players who test. I will say this: the um, the initial like um, intake testing where everyone's like uh, the first time they like come to camp. Uh, it's a pretty it's a stricter test. There's diagnostic tests. There's also antibody tests and and um, other things, it's a blood test in there. Uh, I think the total number was, oh man, I think it was 58 players. And we don't know the exact number in the player pool, but it's 60 maximum. There might have been a give or take a few. So like at most 1,800 players uh, in there and 58 tested positive like on intake screening, which means they were like infected before camp. Since then, I believe there's been only six or seven players total uh, test positive inside camp. So, like, that's at least somewhat encouraging that under, like, a, a more strict setup where um, there's testing every other day and, like, you know, proper, like, social distancing and, like, isolation. Like, that's at least positive that this could, this might be able to work. That said, nobody's really traveled yet. So, like, uh, we'll, we'll see if that holds up, like, as the season starts and teams have to go to other cities and then it gets weird. But, like, that's at least some sort of a positive from this. So that's sort of where we're at, like, um, roster-wise. The other, I guess the other thing is uh, that possible, um, you know, COVID-related, but we don't know. Uh, three non-roster players, players who are in the player pool. The player pool is 60 players, um, anyone who could sort of be available this season. And it's not people necessarily on the 40 man, but like, so three players off the 40 man, Edwin Yusita, uh, Zach Rex and Cody Thomas. Um, they're all on the injured list. And like, this is another thing where MLB is like weird that they like, uh, if you're not on the 40 man, you're, I mean, you could be on a minor league injured list, I guess. But like the fact that they're on the injured list, like the only way they can really be on that, like is, is you know if they were if, if it's something COVID related. Although again, officially it's undisclosed reasons we don't know, but you have to figure that's probably part of it. Players who are on the a COVID nineteen related injured list, which is a thing this year, they don't count against any roster limits. So like you can, um, and there's also like an indeterminate amount of time as opposed to like a ten day injured list or something like that. As long as you clear the MLB protocols, you could be back within. A few days, I guess, uh, but it, it, most of these are going to take probably up to a week, if not more. Uh, we'll see. Um, but th- that's that's kind of it on the health front and and roster front for now. 
Okay. Um, so I think, I think you have a trivia question for me. I think that's uh, next. I do. Before I get, I just wanted to say, so I went to two uh, workouts. One of them had an inter squad game. Uh, it was the first like week, full week there. Um, and it was super weird because there's no, there's no <laughs> fans. Right. So like, it, it's very quiet since then that we've talked, they piped in noise. They weren't, they hadn't piped in the noise yet. Oh, so like so do you have a preference I, then you can you have a kind of easy before and after. Well, you you have to have noise because otherwise it's like it's just eerie. You feel like you're in a horror movie. Like <laughs> it, it, I, I I joked I, I said like I hadn't I I had not heard Dodger Stadium that quiet since Matt Stairs hit his home run. Of course, I'm and glad like, you brought it, that up. Yeah, he sucked the air out of the stadium, and that's exactly what it feels like. It's just eerie. But also the way the thing's set up this year, so like, um. None of the like reporters um, get to go like talk to the players. Everything's done via Zoom, um, and so I've like done like every like other interview. We get usually get a player or two a day plus Dave Roberts. Um, it's all Zoom, and so I've been doing it from home. But like, are you doing funny I, backgrounds when you do this? Well, so they don't really show because it's in like webinar mode. Aww. I think the the angels at times have done this where they show the person as they're. So I make sure, like you know, like, like oh wait, I, I need to wear a shirt, you know, like for the, no, <laughs> this is not that, but but not, no, like just I make sure I'm like presentable just in case. But they haven't been showing it. I've just been doing like my my normal boring wall background, but like um, yeah. So but there was a point there the second time I went and like. Uh, the first time I went, it was really dead. Hardly anybody there. This, the, the, the second time was, I want to say like 10 people were in the press box. And like probably four or five of them were Dodgers people, either tracking uh, pitches or, you know, doing some sort of work. Um, and I remember like, like not, I didn't like freak out, but I was like, what am I doing here? Like, cause it, it was, it was cause everything, I don't need to be there to do stuff. Right. Like I can get work done without being there and I'm not restricted by not being there necessarily. And I was like, why am I risking this right now? Because it like, it didn't feel like, like it was a huge crowd of people, but it was enough to like give me pause. So like, there's like a decent chance. I don't think I'm going to go to any games this year. Like I was planning to go mm-hmm. to a bunch um they're actually uh for they're for the games now they're um the writers are sitting in the lows section and it's you know everyone's like distance and stuff but uh i i don't think i'm gonna go like just because um yeah i just don't feel comfortable like i don't i don't like being around crowd a crowd of people like normally <laughs> like but not and not saying this is a crowd but it's just like there's i don't want to go to a cluster of people where i don't have to you know what i mean sure. like so like that's where I'm sort of at right now, but like yeah. Uh, so w- w- way to bring it down before the trivia question, jerk. Um, well, way to bring it back up. I'm sure I'll get it wrong. Exactly. So one thing we knew from <laughs> spring training is um, uh, Clayton Kershaw was going to start opening day. Then he's still going to start opening day on Thursday. It'll be his ninth time. My question for you, Jacob: Who has the most opening day starts for the Dodgers? Uh, keep in mind, I will give you the hint. Kershaw has the most by a pitcher. So it is not a pitcher. Cap, we'll do that after this. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Who has the most opening day starts for the Dodgers? So I'm going to stall a little bit because I yep. read the show notes last night. Read this question. Kind of had the thought of, I thought Kershaw had had it because I was very locked in on, on pitchers. You jerk. Um, yep. And so once I was, okay, maybe it wasn't Kershaw yet, I, I had this nice little, oh, this is easy. Maybe this question was actually meant for my, my baby because she would know this. It's very obviously, and in my head I said Don Larson, which I thought was very funny and very That's indicative right. of um, where my brain was at, uh, clearly meaning uh, Don Sutton. So stalling time is over. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> um, man, that's a really good question because I'm like, all the players I'm thinking of, I'm trying to think of like something that would set them apart. Like, oh no, that person actually would be like, uh, was around a little bit longer, but they're all kind of in the same time frame. I could cheat and say, you never said player on the show notes. So it's like Tommy Lasorda or something. Oh, but he doesn't. the The manager doesn't actually start. It counts. It counts. <laughs> mm. Do I get another hint to separate some some of the names in my head? Um, this player, uh, all of his starts were in Brooklyn. Oh, that's not very nice. Uh, so well, not, I, I'm I, sorry, I, with Brooklyn, I, I don't think they start every game was opening day was in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, Pee Wee Reese. He is tied for second. Gil Hodges. He is fourth. <laughs> uh oh, I'm running out of names. Um, no, I'll, I'm not. I'll, I'll give I'll give you one more hint. You mentioned possibly related to your daughter. In that, think of what perhaps one of her first, like in that first grouping of food that she'll be able to eat. So we just uh, took a three minute off air gap because uh, Eric extremely confused me with his baby food question, and I am on low sleep. Um, off air, you gave me one more hint that it was a Hall of Famer, and I am literally going in my head through Dodger Stadium retired numbers, knowing they only retire Hall of Famers, and going, there's no name up there that is a food unless you like Pee Peewee Reese. And I already said Peewee Reese. Yeah. Um, and then I eventually got to uh, Zach Wheat. I assume Cream of Wheat, is that where you're, where you're going? Yes. So I, I so. so I got to Zach Wheat while we were still on air. I'm like, babies don't eat bread, and I just moved on. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't have a number, and therefore his number's not retired, and therefore I yeah. never got to him in that head. So what an excruciating experience that was uh, for the, me. I the, hate you. The best part is, like, that's the easiest trivia question of this the podcast. Uh, well, I'm I, looking I forward for to you. guessing the others, whereas yeah, that's true. in okay. this case, I thought I had really good guesses, uh, and I did. 
Um, so Zach Wheat started 16 opening days. Wow. Um, and uh, it was in a 17-year stretch. Uh, uh, Duke Snyder and Pee Wee Reese, 14. Gil Hodges, 13. Uh, the L.A. leader is Bill Russell. He and Brooklyn's Carl Ferrillo did 12. Willie Davis, who you mentioned, uh, was 11. Uh, and then the others with 10 are Maury Wills, Mike Sosha, Jackie Robinson, and Steve Garvey. Uh, this will be ninth for Christian. You basically are listing all the names I was trying to like separate from the yeah. pack. That said, I for some reason, I had Zach Wheat's career in the like 11 range. So I was obviously way off on that. Um, so he would not have been on the top of, of my list. And I then, would yeah, say the most, yeah. When I got the off-air Hall of Fame assignment, I was like, <laughs> guess. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> He's not on that list, but he is all, yeah, we're, we're good now, I, so. I, that's why I smiled when you when you mentioned, like, the uh, baby related. I was like, ooh, I think I could tie that in. Uh, but, like, um, <laughs> it's a very loose tie. I would say the most obscure name that's a little bit down the list is Ron Fairley, who started nine opening days for the Dodgers. Hey. Uh, good for him. Um, previous Dodgers Rewind guest also passed away recently. Um, okay, so back to the sort of news. So Kershaw writes in uh, opening day. The rotation after that is order is like sort of known, but it's not like official yet. But basically, Ross Stripling is starting game two. Um, the it's probably Alex Wood game three, and uh, Julio Urias game four. The it very well could be Urias and Wood flip flop. Um, but we don't know. The one that's like behind a little bit is Walker Bueller, mostly because he didn't really throw during like the shutdown. Like uh, he was like in, uh, you know, in communication with uh, Mark Pryor and the team and stuff like, but he didn't want to like really go overboard, not knowing when baseball was coming back. You know, like you don't want to like put all that, um, you know, strain on your arm for something that might not happen or like you don't want to burn yourself out early whereas like uh kershaw stripling and um alex wood all through a bunch so like they're basically built up to like six or seven innings which is weird uh but like i think it's going to give them a little bit of advantage because i don't think a ton of pitchers are built up right now but bueller's a little bit behind he's probably going to start the fifth game of the season which happens to be in houston the dodgers play two games in houston very early um uh, that said, Bueller did pitch in one of the intra-squad games the other day. Two innings, um, seven batters because they just say, hey, let's face another batter this inning because spring rules are rad. Um, and he looked awesome. And it looks like Dustin May might be his piggyback guy, at least to start. And Dustin May's looked pretty good, too. Uh, the plan for Bueller is he's pitching like a simulated game, um, I think three-plus innings on Wednesday, the day before opening day. Dustin may also start or also pitching that day, I, I believe five innings. So like, I think those two are going to piggyback at least one or two times through. And that's sort of how you're looking at like that, that rotation part of the roster. Um, so yeah, like other than that, like the, the possible like semi surprise additions is AJ Ramos, uh, the former Marlins and Mets reliever. I believe he made the all-star team with the Marlins. He was a closer for a while. Uh, he had shoulder surgery in 2018, and he missed all of last year. He last pitched in the majors in May 2018. He signed a minor league deal on July 7th. He's probably going to make the roster in the bullpen. Um, the other, like, maybe is Terrence Gore, and I really think it's only because they, they start with 30 players. Um, so, like, he's also on a minor league deal. 
And like he is the most like <laughs> defined role person like in baseball. I think like he he is awesome at stealing bases. He's been like he's basically been a pinch runner for like between 60 and 70% of all of his major league appearances. And uh, there, there is a rule this year. Um, every extra inning starts with a man on second and uh, nobody out. Where's my pipe to noise? It, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's kind of a dumb rule, but like, the, the idea is they don't want super long it. extra inning games. But I yeah, get it. it but <laughs> so the rule, like on it. That, the rule on that is it counts as like, uh, the, the fake batter reach via error, so it doesn't count against like the pitcher, you know, be, even even with the runner on second. But like it, the runner has to be the the person who made the last out um, of the previous inning, unless it's a pitcher. Um, so you're still have you still have to like do a, a baseball move to get Gore in there. You can't just go. He's our guy in extra innings, you know. <laughs> like that that would be kind of do it again. They did that. <laughs> yeah. So like uh, in these games, you can these exhibitions, you can. But like. Um, <laughs> Actually, maybe not. Who knows? But uh, Gore, um, so he might make it. But even that's like, it's not like a a long, it's like kind of a long shot, but like it's possible, right? So uh, they're kind of set. Like uh, Roberts has kind of vacillated between, um, so before in the the regular like 162 game season, rosters were going up to 26 this year and you couldn't carry more than 13 pitchers at a time. And so the Dodgers were like always going to do 13 13 because they, they carried 13 pitchers like the last three years basically with a 25 man roster. So now Roberts has said the last couple weeks, like at times, like with the extra players, it's 30 uh, players for the first two weeks, 28 players for the next two weeks, and then 26 the rest of the way. So with the 30 players, he said there might be one extra position player. So you're looking at like a 14 16 split. Probably, and uh, Roberts today, like just before we started recording, he said he's going to carry between 15 and 17 pitchers, so that lines up with that. But the 13-17 split is just, <laughs> oh, it's, ugh, it's gross. Um, but, like, we, I don't think he, they, I don't think they can really do 13-17 unless they, like, option Gavin Lux. That's, that's like, possible uh, because um, he was late, and he, he's also, like, tinkering with his swing right now. We'll see. Um but, like, I don't know, like, it just seems like uh, it, you don't really put a ton of stock into this, but they are kind of, they only have three exhibition games, and they're basically starting players who are going to start. And Kike Hernandez started Sunday night at second base, and Chris Taylor starting tonight at second base, whereas Lux just got, like, work today in uh, in simulated situations and stuff. He, he might play later in the game, but he might be a little bit behind in terms of that, Um to the point where they do option him. But if they don't option him, like if you have Lux on the roster, like Edwin Rios, we talked about him even back in spring, like as a possibility, but like probably losing out to Matt Beatty, but like you, he's been great. Like, and like pretty much, I would say a lock for the roster. So with Lux and Rios, you have 14 right there. So like that's a 14, 16. And that's before considering adding Terrence Gore. So like, I think, at a minimum, they carry 14 batters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you could do still 14 by optioning Lux and adding Terrence Gore. Um, but I think, you know, something like you only do 13 if you option Lux and don't add Terrence Gore. And then you have a gross amount of pitchers on the staff. So we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, we'll, we'll know in a, in a few days. Um, 
they do have two open spots on the 40 man if they wanted to add those people um Ramos and Gore so there's not a lot of they're not like really bogged down by anything right now well I think it's time for Dodgers rewind I think so too um good I was trying to to, (laughs) yeah I was trying to I was trying to figure out like I don't have a ton of like tie in here like oh I guess uh, Terrence Gore sort of got me thinking about that's how I sort of came to this so the Dodger rewind today is Daryl Thomas who really isn't Terrence Gore but I'll get to why shortly, but so I, he's one of my, like, I didn't, he wasn't around like when I was watching the Dodgers, he was a little bit before me, but like retroactively, he's like one of my favorite like Dodgers stories. He was, before we had like Kike Hernandez, he's like the most versatile Dodger, like in, in their history, like just in terms of what they, how they used them. He, he played for them uh, for parts of five seasons, 79 to 83. And like, you know, on a baseball reference page, if you look at a player, uh, and it, uh, either on the team page, or no, more on the on the player page, like if you go year by year, and then it lists the positions like in the order they, that they played the most that year. And um, that column is like full for Daryl Thomas. It's like, there's so many things. I screenshotted it in our notes just so you could see it, but it's like, <laughs> I'll just say one of the one of the years I will just read. Uh, I don't remember what H is, maybe because it's not designated hitter. But I'll just say six eight four nine two five seven. So, and you'll notice that in there is two, because in 1980 he caught uh, for the Dodgers. He's he's like a, a tiny guy. I think he was listed at 150 pounds. He played all eight positions in his time with the Dodgers, not posi- not pitcher. Uh, he only played an inning at first base, but his time at catcher, uh, he mostly played center, short, and second. His time at catcher was 1980, so John Weisman wrote about this in 2015, and um, I'll link to that in the show notes, but the, the sort of backstory was this was April 1980, so uh, Steve Yeager had an infected elbow. Joe Ferguson hurt his back. Um, Mike Sosha was uh, in AAA at the time, but he had an injured finger, so they couldn't call him up. So Thomas like filled in the end of one game for Ferguson, and then he started the next three at catcher, and uh, and then he played like part of the a fifth game. He caught thirty one innings in a row. Like imagine that. Like we talk about like how like Kiki Hernandez is like the emergency catcher, but it's never going to actually happen. You know, like this actually happened, and they started him three games. Like it's crazy. And the like the craziest part is like nobody stole on him until his third game, and like part of, part of that was because Don Sutton is slow to the plate, but the Astros stole seven times that game, so it's like went from zero to zero to a hundred like that. He but uh, Daryl Thomas did throw out Enos Cabell, so hey. like there there's a lot about um, Thomas, like uh, pretty fascinating career. But the reason I I was thinking about him because of Gore was because I looked up which Dodger. Or what's the Dodgers' record for, like, stolen bases off the bench in a season? Because, like, if, if Gore has that role, like, and even that, like, he might not get into that many games even if he's on the roster. Like, you know, like, but uh, we'll see. But, like, he has a, cha- he has a chance to break this record. So, Daryl Thomas, um, in 1980, stole four bases as a reserve. The record for the Dodgers is only five in, in one season. I was kind of shocked by how low that total is. There's two players who have this. Uh, Jacob, my question to you is, can you name either or both players? So, pinch running record. That's what I'm guessing, right? 
Sort of. I mean, you could. It could be someone like coming in to play center field in like that's the fourth fair. inning. That's fair. And then so, steals the base later. So yeah, uh, you gave me a hint off air before we started, uh, which was that my era. But I, I had already written down four names, and I crossed off um, Willie Davis when you said that. And again, because it's like, like you said, it it is likely not the best players because why are they on the bench if they're best but it could be a very gr- great player like willie davis who had like a minor arm injury for some part of the season therefore he wasn't starting as much but could still run um i think it's way less likely than sort of mediocre um specialists um or just for whatever reason players who just weren't getting as many um starts as when they were on the roster so i do before I, you ge- oh yeah i would say before before you guess i will say Willie Davis in nineteen sixty? No, sixty one. He stole three bases in reserve. Yeah. Uh, that season. And all it takes and is like which, a weird which is game or Tied for thirteenth. Exactly. Exactly. So I have three names written down. I'm gonna guess them. And if I don't get both names that are on the, the answer, then so be it. You'll tell me why I'm a dumb guy. Are you sure you don't want to hit? I, I'm positive. No hints. Okay. You give me enough hints on the last one. I'm just gonna go for these three names and if I'm wrong, I'm yeah. wrong. You ready? Yes. Juan Pierre. No. Brett Butler. Nope. Roger Cedeno. No. Roger Cedeno is a great guess, but he is not anywhere on this list. That's interesting. Uh, Pierre stole three bases as a reserve. I gave three damn good guesses, I think. Um, My my other hint to you is going to be that both of these players have the same initials. Um, <laughs> See, that's the kind of hint that it's a hint if I have like five minutes to confirm yeah. my answer. But I have you yep. to confirm my answer. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the 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 answers here are Tom Goodwin and Tony Gwynn Jr. Okay. Um, wow, would I have not guessed those names? <laughs> oh my god! Like, <laughs> Tony Gwynn Jr. Was like, really? <laughs> Goodwin was like poor man's Roger Cedeno, but like faster, I think. Yeah, that, Maybe. No, that, that uh, makes so, I'm just shocked that Tony so, Gwynn Jr. So, is on this list. Th- there was a year where he was like the defensive replacement yeah, like was that, every game. Yeah. Two, I, 2011. So like uh, there was a lot. So like he actually, yeah, he played 73 games in reserve that year. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, so they both stole five bases. Goodwin in 92, Gwynn in 11. Um so yeah, th- that's the record. Thomas had four in the season. Question. The the best player I see on here, just on quick thing, was probably Eric, Eric Davis in '93 stole four as a reserve. Max Carey uh, in the in the '20s stole four um, one year. But yeah, that's kind of it. So <laughs> we do have questions from Craig, but there's one thing I wanted to bring up and talk to you about. Um, yes. So the the there's a DH right? DH is mm-hmm. universal now. Uh, so one, do you think? covid is a elaborate hoax by dh enthusiasts to get this into the national league yeah so no. the, like uh it's a maybe okay. at this point yeah but the, so the thing is like uh it's so they sort of shoehorned it in this year as a health and safety restriction so like in a normal situation it would have to be collectively bargained um but like if they want to th- add if they want to add it next year you know what i mean like it has to be collectively bargained but i think it's that coming. said if if like next year, like, because who knows what the situation is going to be like in March or February and March next year, um, like it could still be around, like, so uh, like they, they could be like, well, same conditions, let's just roll it again, you know. And then by so, that time, uh, people are used to it. Et cetera, et cetera. Exactly, exactly. So uh, it's 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 like got its foot in the door. 
and good luck getting it out. So let's, assuming for a second that it's here to stay. Yeah. Does that mean Hyunjin Ryu will be the last pitcher with a home run for like a very long time? Yeah. Uh, pretty sure. For I mean, the Dodgers at least. You're right. It yeah. could take a two way player. It could take like a long. But if we're going to have a man on second. <laughs> maybe we don't have very many long extra inning games that could be the case and not only is it amazing that it's Hunjin Ryu it's this epic call of a home run uh by by Joe um Orlan Alana so um that would be that would be great like the last pitcher yeah. home run you know of of the non-DH era last starting pitching how about that last starter pitcher to hit a home run I that's that's kind of amazing. I will say this: uh, you made me think of something else before we get to questions from Craig. Um, Joe Davis, uh, uh, his call of uh, uh, Ryu's home run was excellent. Uh, that reminded me that this year, um, basically, like no announcers were traveling. Um, Interesting. So like, yeah. So like home teams, they're like tonight. Joe Davis, Oral Hershey's are calling it from their normal Dodger Stadium booth. Uh, with you know social distancing guidelines, still they're they're sort of spread apart, like but they're usually like not on top of each other. <laughs> usually, um, yeah, right. And Alana is in. I don't remember. She's in a in a suite. I believe she's in a suite. Um, and like reporting from there. Um, and so, like th- that's their setup at home when the Dodgers are on the road. Um. Joe Davis and Orochai are also calling it from the same booth at Dodger Stadium, watching on monitors. That I believe that I talked to Joe Davis last week. Uh, had an article on the site about it. He said he wasn't sure exactly what the setup's going to be, but they're probably going to bring in extra monitors for them because one of it is like a, he called it the equivalent of the All Twenty Two shot in football, so you get a wider view of the field rather than like just the base like TV uh, angle. Now, uh, part of the operations manual for MLB this year it's extensive it's like over 100 pages but they what they're using um like the the home like television broadcaster like their production team they're using what they call the world I believe it's called the um the world broadcast or whatever like the the sort of broadcast that like everyone's using this feed you know it's not like it's not always like for instance like Joe and Earl could be talking about like Kiki Hernandez and then the Dodger broadcast will shoot over to the dugout and show Kiki Hernandez, right? Because they're in tune with like what's going on. There's not going to be a lot of that this year. There's probably some like panning around and things like that. But like um, since two different uh, people are announcing off that feed, you have to keep it sort of vanilla in, in, in some respects. So like that's, it's going to be weird. Um, also, um, Technically, like road announcers are allowed to travel per MLB. I, that's it's a weird like thing um, from MLB, but like I, I was trying to figure out the justification for that. I think it's because TV crews are generally larger than radio crews, and the whole point of this was to like limit the number of people like mm-hmm. in just around. But like uh, the Dodgers, for instance, they're not letting any of their announcers travel, so none of the radio people. They're all going to also call games from L.A. But another wrinkle is that um, the national, I don't know about TBS, but ESPN and Fox are calling their games remotely, their national games. So, like, 
And it's even weirder for Joe Davis, um, who's so like this first weekend for the Dodgers, Thursday night exclusive ESPN, Sunday night exclusive ESPN, and then Saturday's Fox. So Joe Davis, uh, his first game is Friday, the second game of the series against the Giants. He's calling that for Sportsnet LA in this in the booth. But Saturday's a Fox game with AJ Przinsky. Joe is going to the Fox lot in Los Angeles to call it from the studio there. And AJ Przinsky is going to be at some studio in Orlando and they're going to call a Dodger game. And, and, and like Joe Davis, Dodger announcer, not going to be calling it from, from the stadium, uh, even though it's a home game. So it's weird, man. It's going to be weird this year. Uh, we've seen a little bit of this, like on the KBO broadcast with ESPN. That's basically what ESPN is doing. Like a lot of their analysts are going to be from home. Some of the play-by-play people might be in studio in Bristol, but like uh, it's it's going to be these like very remote broadcasts, um, and it's going to be interesting. But uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be weird to see. But it's just one of those things. It's part of this year, it's going to make it like so unique. All right, it's time for with Jens and Greg. We love them. I feel like we should if. If Editor Brian is listening to this, the next uh, questions from Craig uh, jingle should be uh, akin to the old top 10 list of David Letterman songs. Because I, you know, you know, I feel like getting an index card with these questions printed out from the home office of Wahoo, Nebraska to reading <laughs> them off. So here we go. Number one. Dude, I guess he did it in he did it in reverse order, right? So number five That's in the right. last yeah. ten seasons, the most different I can't keep it up like that. The most different Dodgers to have at least one hit in the season is thirty four um, in two thousand seventeen. So for the contest, how many different Dodgers will have at least one hit this season? The last time uh, less than thirty different Dodgers had a hit was in ninety six when there were twenty nine. Uh, and then in the strike-shortened season of 94, 25 different Dodgers had at least one hit. Haha, <laughs> 25 different Dodgers. Sorry, I was doing my Paul Schaefer. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Dodgers, it's funny. Um, so I was thinking about this, you know, so we have the, like, the base, like, 14 position players who, like, are the pseudo, uh, you know, group uh, of potential opening day roster people, including Gavin Lux. Um, so I think all of them are going to get a hit. Um, I don't know if Terrence Gore will bat <laughs> if he's on the team when if he will bat that often. I figure Rocky Gale is like going to be the third catcher, even though right now he's not on the forty man. But you just figure that at some point they're going to probably need him. He's going to probably be the guy going with them on as the taxi squad third catcher who can go on road trips and like just be at the ready if they need someone. Um, I'm going to include him. Zach McKinstry at some point will be up. He'll get a hit. So we're up to 16 now. And again, no pitchers hitting. So this really like throws a, a wrinkle into like everything. And I'm just, I'm just trying to think. So we're, we're, we're only at 16, right? And so after that, you really have to like, ugh. It, it's a, it's a rough go. Like, I don't know, like, ugh. like Cabo Ruiz is on the 40 man. But, like, he's so behind right now because he showed up to camp so late. Like, I guess at some point he could be up. But there's no expanded rosters in September. So unless they specifically need a catcher, uh, it's hard to see him necessarily up this year. Still pretty young. So, like, he's a big maybe. Um, DJ Peters is on the 40-man roster. So maybe. 
So let's just say, in, so we're at 16. Uh, Peters makes 17. Luke Rayleigh makes 18. He's also on the 40-man. Um, I don't know who else beyond that. Like, I guess they could trade for someone at some point. So I, I'm going to say 19 and leave it at that. 18 is your answer. Do you think the Dodgers will have some openers this season with a bullpen game following? And as an additional contest question, how many consecutive games will the Dodgers have a different starting pitcher? That's that's a weird question. Um, <laughs> like, what's uh, the longest streak where we don't have a repeat? Yeah. So I don't think they're going to necessarily use an opener, um, at least regularly. They got a pretty set rotation of five, and like Dustin May, like is like their sixth guy at the ready. Um, Tony Gonsolin will eventually be there. He's going to start in the minors. See, they optioned him already. Um, he'll be another ready start guy. Um, it's hard to see it. So I think the the the, the longest streak will be six. Okay. I like that. Because they, they'll, 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 they'll mix in like a May start just to, to give everyone extra rest for a long stretch or something. And, and uh, so something like six. And then for in, uh, let's just say for openers, like um, let's say they, they use an opener like three times in 60 games. That, that's because, you, you know, sometimes it could happen like in a weird like bullpen game day or so. Who knows? But yeah. Which is more likely, two Dodgers, uh, two or more Dodgers with double-digit stolen bases, or two or more Dodgers with twenty-five or more doubles? Man, no one's getting twenty-five doubles, and I, I say this. I say this watching Corey Seager hit nearly. That's another thing you missed. Corey Seager has hit a double roughly once every two at bats. I think <laughs> uh, uh, he looks pretty great uh, so far. You know, grain of salt, all that stuff uh, considered. Twenty-five doubles is a lot. I believe the Dodgers' record for doubles in a season of 60 games or less is, or maybe it's, it was the first 60 games. I forget exactly what my search was, but I believe it was 24 by Jackie Robinson. 25 doubles in 60 games is a lot. And so, like, they're not going to have if, – if Seager does it, he'll be the only one. They're definitely not going to have two people do it. So I think it's more likely you'll have two Dodgers with 10 stolen bases, but I don't even think that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm going with none of the above. Yeah. The preferred option of uh, Richard Pryor. The uh, professional soccer games have loud cheers and supporter chants played during their games. How much of that is needed for MLB games to be more pleasurable to watch? So, like, I mentioned the one time I was there in person to watch an inter-squad game, and it was very odd with nothing. And so, I, on the TV broadcast, there, you know, you're obviously have the announcers and but it's weird, like, if you could hear everything. Um, and, like, it's some of it's good. You can be like, oh, man, you can hear, like, the chatter and stuff. But some of it is just eerie silence. So I think you need some of it. Uh, you know, and I do – I would – we talked about this earlier. I would like if they got weird with it and, and, like, just got creative and, like, just went over the top on some stuff, you know, overreacted with things. I think that would be funny. Um, so I'm rooting – I'm rooting for – like essentially chaos. I brought this up aspect. before. They really should contract with one of the the team booster runners of the um, NPB, the Japanese Baseball League. Mm-hmm. Um, contract with them and make and make record some. I want some. I want every player on the roster to have two or three chants that we start hearing. If Alex Guerrero can have his own chant in Japan, why can't <laughs> why can't uh, Corey 
uh, Corey Seager. I almost said Corey Bellinger. Man, that energy is getting to me. Um, <laughs> uh, why can't he have one? Why can't Cody Bellinger have one? Gosh darn it. That's what I think. I like it. The final question. Uh, the question number one. I guess we're going back to the Letterman thing. One Southern yep. California tradition is a gift box of seized candies for special occasions. Occasions. One of my favorite seized candies are the lollipops. Uh, Craig likes the butterscotch flavor. Do you have a favorite seized candy or maybe some other treat uh, made at a local store? I didn't realize this was like a Southern Californian slash kind of airport thing. So um, this is a few years ago. Melissa brought up how special she thought uh, like being able to get a seized candy box was. And I was just like, what? Those are everywhere. Those are down the street. Those are completely common. Uh, so that was news to me, uh, and through her, I never really liked uh, seized candies all that much. But through her, I did find that the milk molasses chip, which are honeycomb wafers, um, are delicious. They're really, really good. So that's my answer. The uh, I had forgot what their name was, but the milk molasses chip is easily the best <laughs> possible seized candy there is. Um, my aunt. Um, used to get seized candy all the time. And like, and I, and she, she lived with my grandma. So I was over there a lot growing up and there was like always seized candy around the house. Anytime there was like a, um, a family get together, my aunt would bring seized candy and there'd always be seized candy. And I'd always go for the, um, uh, the milk molasses chips, but I always didn't know what they were. And, uh, and then sometimes you, you just grab a random thing and be like, I don't know what I'm going to bite into when I get this. And then like, Oh, gross. What's this inside? Like, or like, oh, this is really good. And so, uh, but yeah, always, always, always uh, milk molasses chip. Uh, that was that's my favorite. So yeah, for sure. All right, I think I'm officially caught up, and now I want some candy. Wow. Wow. Uh, so that's yeah. So wow, that's uh, it's been quite an eventful four weeks. Uh, uh, you have a baby. We have baseball back. Um, we are recording the podcast again, and. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, Have fun watching opening day. And we'll be back to talk about it uh, next week. See you then.